When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got about 48 hours until kickoff. Little under 48 hours until the Colts and the Steelers kick off. And this is really a battle for a playoff spot. That's what these two teams are doing. Both are 7-6. and six. The winner of this game moves into a, a better wild card slot in all likelihood and cements their status as a potential wild card team. Now, if the Colts win and the Jaguars lose to Baltimore, the Colts are in business in the AFC South, and all of a sudden the scant chance that they've got to win that division becomes a fairly substantial chance to win that division. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Indiana just a moment ago on Peegs. Peegs reported that Indiana is getting a quarterback, a former MAC Offensive Player of the Year, so they got that going for them. We will talk about uh, Danny O'Neill, Cathedral Fighting Irish, soon-to-be graduate who is committed to his school, San Diego State, and we'll talk about that. We will also talk about the Bears, who suddenly have a bit of a crack of, like, they could sneak into the playoffs in the NFC. How could that possibly be? Uh, It's not going to happen, but we'll talk about it because I think it's kind of fun. And George McGinnis passed away. It was announced this morning. He passed away early this morning at the age of 73, and we're going to talk about the legacy of the Indiana Pacers ABA division and how big a piece Big George was in that machine that won three championships, two of which George led them to, along with Roger Brown and Mel Daniels and uh, just a wonderful one, Darnell Hillman, for goodness sake. They had a lot of really good players, and, and Bob Nedelecki. And there's one thing that I envy about that team, and and other than the championships and all of that, but we'll talk about that a little bit as we remember Big George. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now for Thursday, December 14th, 2023, brought to you by the great people at MyBookie. MyBookie is a place you go, you want to wager a couple of shekels on a game, you do that. What did I tell you yesterday? Bucks minus six and a half, a gift, and it was, there you are, Merry Christmas. Uh, You go to my bookie and you use the promo code Kent. Easy to remember, especially for me. And you activate a $200 cash bonus. You've got to deposit $50 or more to activate the $200 cash bonus. That is available for you to withdraw. All you have to do is bet it once. That is a cool deal from your friends at my bookie. Uh, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only at my bookie. Subscribe to this channel, like this video. It's a nice thing to do. It's a generous thing to do. It's a, a, a wonderful holiday-spirited thing to do. And if you want to make a donation, make a donation. Nice thing. You saw in the thumbnail the book Oops, which I wrote. 37 mistakes that I've made. It's for sale at Amazon and You can also get the audio edition voiced by me because I wanted to learn how to voice a book. That's on Audible. 
So there, and that's instant delivery. That's digital. You don't even need to wait for FedEx. Let's talk about the Colts. Let's talk about what Bill Belichick did last weekend. But before we do the injury report, Braden Smith, Jonathan Taylor, down for this Sunday for the Steelers. Uh, and we knew this. Uh, Kenny Pickett is out. And then Isaac Sumalo, he is questionable. He's a guard, a starting guard. So uh, a piece of the puzzle for the Steelers on that offensive line. Might be playing, he might not be playing. It's questionable whether he's going to do it. So how did Bill Belichick last Thursday night beat the Steelers? That I was wondering, Dan Dockich and I were talking on Two Big Brains about how you go about game planning for a Steelers team without really any kind of offensive sort of firepower. They have, they have really nothing to be afraid of, right? You've got Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback. You've got Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris is your running back. You've got George Pickens as a, a temper tantrum uh, prone wide receiver who can get loose deep, but Trubisky misses when he throws it to him. And and he, over uh, last Thursday night's game, he wound up five catches, uh, 17 yard, 19 yards, seven for his long reception of the day. That doesn't please George Pickens. So Mike Tomlin had to have a talk with George Pickens and tell him to grow the hell up, and we hope that he didn't. We hope that that talk fell on deaf ears as it normally does with wide receivers in the National Football League. But here is what Belichick did, all right? The, their offense opened up with an eight-play touchdown drive, five touches by Ezekiel Elliott, one deep ball to Juju Smith-Schuster, and a, uh, a, a scramble and out-of-bounds and like maybe a sack in that first one. The answer for the Steelers was a 56-yard field goal. An interception on that drive was nullified by a DPI. Uh, New England punted, caused by an OPI. And so it was a three and out. Steelers a three and out. Then New England, five straight passes, then punt. The first two went for first downs. Uh, Trubisky's pick returned to the Steelers' 11. A couple of plays later, Zappi to Hunter Henry for a touchdown. Then you, so it's 14 to three. Then you had three punts back and forth and back and forth. Then another touchdown pass to Henry. So what Bailey Zappi did was look for his tight end, who was open quite a bit of the time. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know what? The Steelers were very, very good at limiting the opportunities for the Steelers to... Uh, uh, Patriots kept the Steelers at bay in that run game. Pittsburgh ran it 28 times for 82 yards. And in Trubisky, here's the thing with Trubisky. Trubisky, in the two games he started with two sacks. So he's, he's started three games. In two, he had three, uh, two sacks in each. And then in the other, he was clean. Pro Football Focus, according to them, in the two games where he was sacked twice, he had Pro Football Focus passing grades of 43.3 and 39.7 in the one game where he didn't get harassed, didn't get knocked down, uh, while, at least not while he had the ball, no sacks, 76.7. So it stands to reason, although the sample size is quite small, if you rattle Mitchell Trubisky, if you knock him around a little bit, you can change his clock 
and you can get him more prone to making bad throws. Now, they don't always result in interceptions, but they do oftentimes result in him throwing errantly or choosing the check down. And he did that a lot against the Patriots. So turn him into check down Charlie. Change his clock. Don't let him throw deep. The best way to keep Trubisky from throwing deep is to knock him down as often as possible. If you can do it with four guffs, great. If you need to do it with six, do it with six. But you have got to knock Trubisky around. You do it, you control Trubisky. You send him to a dark place in his noodle. You do that, you got a good chance to win this game. Offensively, this is built to be a Colts-type game. Where this thing's tight toward the end, maybe the Steelers have a little lead going into the fourth quarter, and then Steichen gets smart, utilizes his tools properly. Minshew gets a little bit aggressive, aggressive enough, but not so aggressive he throws it to them. And all of a sudden, ding, bang, bing, bang, bong, you got Matt Gay kicking a, uh, a game-winning field goal. I really think that this is going to be like an 18-16 type game, which is odd because the line in this game has moved from one and a half to two and a half, and I think that is a big point. Got to tell you the truth. And I, I, the over-under right now is 42 and a half. At 42 and a half, yikes. Because I think the under is going to hit, but all it takes is a pick six going the other way late, and you stand there with nothing in your hand but your ticket or your smartphone, and that's not a comfortable place to be. So do what Belichick did. Don't make it more difficult than it has to be. You've got Brent's back, so that's a good thing. Brent's on one side, Jalen Jones or DJ Baker on the other. Kenny Moore playing at a high level. The defensive front is whole and a run-stopping force. You've got Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed. He's back. So those screen pads, you can bet your ass this. Look, the Colts got roasted three times on screen passes by the Cincinnati Bengals. That is not going to happen again with the Pittsburgh Steelers. In no game, the last three games, the Steelers have scored, I think, 16, 10, and 18, or 18, 10, 16. No, 16, 10, 18. That's what they've done. This is not a team that can beat you by scoring more points. What they've got to do is take the ball away. They're plus 10 in turnovers. They take the ball away and put you behind the sticks and put you behind on the scoreboard. The Colts don't want to play from behind in this game, not behind by more than one score. You just can't do it. You can't rely on what happened in Tennessee to happen here at Lucas Oil Stadium against a much better football team and a tougher football team. And the one thing that I don't like about the locker room with the Colts, they keep talking about how tough the Steelers are. Hey, how about answering the bell and being tough guys yourself? Make them talk about you being tough. How about that? All right. Uh, but George Pickens, five receptions, 19 yards, a long of seven. If you frustrate Trubisky, you're going to frustrate uh, Pickett, or Pickens. And if you frustrate Pickens, that whole thing can completely unwrap. And that's what we want to see. Defensively, T.J. Watt's going to be up. He's off the concussion protocol. That's bad news. Good news for the Watt family. Good news for the Steelers. Bad news for the Colts. All right, Indiana got Curtis Rourke of Ohio 
as a transfer portal commitment. This announced just moments ago on pigs.com. He's 6'5", 230, through at Ohio for 7,651 yards, 50 TDs, 16 interceptions, a three-year starter. He was a 2022 MAC Offensive Player of the Year. How about that? Danny O'Neill, the Cathedral's very own, commits to San Diego State. He had committed to Colorado, decommitted from Colorado. And you know what? Now he's going to San Diego State. How cool is that? Awesome for Danny and uh, be, become a part of that, that great tradition at San Diego State University. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes it, you take an odd road to get to exactly where you're supposed to be. And I think that that's what's happened for Danny. We are very, very happy for him. Um, the Bears, they, if they win out, they got a 61% chance going to the playoffs. They got four games left. Those four games are at Cleveland, against Arizona, against Atlanta, and at Green Bay. Is there a game in those that they can't win? You know what? I think the toughest test is probably this week. At Cleveland, that's going to be a tough game to win. But if the Bears can win that game, you know what? Maybe Matt Eberflus stuns everybody by keeping his job. It could happen. George McGinnis passed away at the age of 73. Uh, George McGinnis may be the best high school basketball player in the history of the state of Indiana. 6'8", 235, a true power forward during a time where there weren't a whole lot of power forwards. And, and George McGinnis could do a lot. He was a great rebounder. He was a really adept scorer. He was a good passer of the basketball. And he was part of a Pacers team that when I read the, the statement from uh, the Pacers this morning announcing McGinnis's death, they said in it that family and former teammates had kept a vigil uh, with Big George, around Big George, while he was in the hospital. He suffered a cardiac arrest last week, had been in the hospital since, and it didn't surprise me because that's what that team did. That's, that Pacers group, George McGinnis, uh, Darnell Hillman, Bob Nedelicki, Mel Daniels, Roger Brown, they uh, a list of others, really, really close, played basketball for a long time together into the 90s. They were getting together like on Tuesday, Thursday nights to go play basketball, and and those guys loved each other. They were each other's best friends, and that's the way sports are supposed to work. And I'm afraid that we've gotten so far away from that professionally that the guys who play together just don't have that kind of familial experience. Even guys who play high school sports or college sports they're so concerned with themselves that they don't develop that, that relationship with one another that really is, is the, the marrow of sports. That's the thing. Like, who do you get together with? However old you are, if you played high school sports, when you get together in your hometown and, and you drink a beer with people, you're drinking beer with your old teammates. It's what you're doing. You become close through those those experiences. And in the pros, it doesn't happen very often, but it happened for those guys. And so we, uh, we mourn with guys like Bob Nedelecki and Darnell Hillman and, and those who are around that great team. Mel Daniels died a couple of years ago. Uh, Slick Leonard died a couple of years ago. And so as we, you know, that's what happens. Teammates die and you mourn them. And uh, you cling closer to the ones who are still here. 
and you tell great stories and you laugh real loud at those stories when you remember those who, who went before you. And so uh, we're thinking about the McGinnises and we're thinking about the Pacers because that truly is a family. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, bright and early. We're going at like 6.40. We moved it back five minutes. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to you.